It's opening week for the National Hockey League, and with that, my Unified Bank profile tonight is Pittsburgh Penguins broadcaster Josh Getzoff. And Josh, it's great to be able to have the big club join us. How excited is everybody in Pittsburgh to get another great season underway? Yeah, great to be on with you too, DJ. I've uh, been looking forward to chatting with you, and I think everyone here is excited and, and looking forward to the season. Probably the understatement of the past calendar year, to be completely honest with you. Uh, obviously, it was a pretty short stint for the Penguins in that return to play with the loss to the Montreal Canadiens in the qualifying round, and I think that left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, but at the same time, it's been uh, you know still four months since we've seen them back in action since that matchup against Montreal, so people are eager to get going. There's a lot of new faces, some new names, uh, both on the ice and on the bench, and, and a lot that has to come together in pretty short order, but uh, I, every team's dealing with a, some dose of challenge and adversity in this different kind of format here so I think people are excited to see how it all plays out I know that people like to see some of the teams on the other side Vegas and Edmonton but what's this going to do for the level of play and the level of rivalries in getting to see the same teams eight times this year Oh, I, I personally DJ I think from the hockey fan perspective it's going to be unbelievable and uh, I think when you look at the, the teams the Penguins are going to play I mean within their division there's some pretty high-level rivalries already in there. And then you think about the fact that you're going to see teams playing each other eight times, and then conceivably another best-of-seven series or two in the first two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, to me, that just is going to breed some different levels of uh, animosity, intensity, and overall hatred, I think, between some of these teams that we haven't quite seen uh, before in the past. Uh, for example, I mean, if you look at it really with the Penguins' perspective, I think it's fair to say that the Flyers' rivalry is starting to gain steam within the last year again. There were a couple years there where maybe it had taken a bit of a dip because the Penguins were playing so well. The Flyers were not as good. Clearly things have changed in the last couple of seasons with the Flyers getting some really good young players in their arsenal that have stepped up and played well. But you get that right off the hop, two games out of the gate, and of course eight times this season. I expect that to be at a whole other level by the time this regular season wraps up in May. And I think, you know, as you spread out throughout the division, there are other teams that are going to maybe become more hated in Pittsburgh than they are already. The one that comes to mind is a team that's not normally in the division, the Boston Bruins, because of some of the names on that team and some of the relationships they have with the Penguins players when they've gone head-to-head, which for the most part has been a series that's been pretty one-sided in favor of Boston. But I think, again, when you see a team eight times and you're playing for the purpose of getting to the postseason – it just ratchets things up to another level. You mentioned some of the new additions to the team. Two brand new defensemen in CeCe and Matheson. Kapanen comes back. Jankowski, Sevier added to the mix up front. What do you think was the biggest, most significant addition that this Pittsburgh team made to make the jump and try and have a better end result than last year? Well, I think that those guys are all going to be key pieces for the Penguins going forward. But for me, it still comes down to some of these depth pieces that they've added because that has been such an issue uh, for them the last couple of years in particular. I think it really was exposed in the postseason this past year. The year before against the New York Islanders, they got literally nothing from their bottom six in that series. And they've made some moves here that I think in talking to Mike Sullivan and Jim Rutherford aren't necessarily the sexy names, the guys that people are going to be thinking are going to jump in and make big impacts. But I would say maybe also fit in a, in a weird way perfectly what the Penguins are hoping to get from their bottom six. And by that I mean guys that can you know, be interchangeable, that can take face-offs, that can play the wing, that can kill penalties, 
that have some speed to their game, that can add a little bit of offensive flair. And I think in the sense of players like Mark Jankowski, players like Colton Sevier, re-signing Jared McCann to a two-year deal and he was a restricted free agent, these are guys that are going to play in those roles in your bottom six, and these are guys that are going to be expected to carry a little bit of weight uh, from both, you know, a, a defensive side of the game, but also an offensive side of the game. And, you know, Mark Jankowski is only a couple years removed from a 17-goal season in Calgary at a 14-goal season before that. Colton Sevier, I just talked to Jim Rutherford the other day, and he said that he looks like he has his legs back under him to the player he was uh, earlier in his career in Dallas and Florida than the last couple of seasons. That's encouraging to hear from a guy who's obviously seeing him in a different light than some of us are. So I think when you add those guys in, you throw in a guy like Brandon Tanev, who was on pace to surpass his career numbers last year before the pause. You look at a guy like Teddy Bluger, who seems poised to continue to step forward in his career. And I think that there's the potential to have some good balance deeper in that lineup. And, of course, when you look at the Penguins' top six and you think about how important it is to get production from the bottom six, it would make them that much more lethal. So that's really where I'm zeroing in on for this team. I think that that is just critical, and I'm curious to see where Mark Jankowski and Colton Sevier slot with all that in the dynamic. One of the new aspects of the depth this year is that taxi squad in the NHL. And, Josh, I want to get your take on how that's going to look throughout the league, whether teams might throw some prospects on there just to get them a taste of NHL lifestyle, whether it's going to be guys who would typically be vets on your AHL team who aren't necessarily needing games every night to develop. Like, What's going to be the use of that taxi squad primarily, do you think? Yeah, that's going to be really an interesting dynamic with all this. I mean, let's be honest, DJ, you know, the guys are probably really excited that are on the taxi squad. They get that NHL per diem. They get a couple days on the road. They get all the bonuses of that. That's, that's kind of nice if you do make that. Uh, but from the Penguins' perspective, I thought it was interesting, the players they chose. A couple of them were not surprises to me uh, when, they, when they announced their expanded rosters ahead of the, the opener against Philadelphia on Wednesday. Uh, Drew O'Connor, a guy that they signed undrafted free agent out of Dartmouth, he's been really impressive in camp. Uh, in fact, uh, when Colton Sevier missed a day of camp to be with the, his wife after the birth of their baby, uh, it was O'Connor who jumped up and played regular line rushes that day in practice. So uh, this is a guy that I think the Penguins are pretty high on. He was a 20-plus goal scorer in the NCAA last year and a guy that you know was pretty productive in Dartmouth in his seasons there. Big guy, six foot three, 200-plus pounds, which is a size that I think the Penguins desperately need in their lineup. And they'll be happy to have him, you know, deeper in their arsenal should they need to call on him this year. I think some of the other choices, you know, that they were able to make, Frederick Goudreau, a guy they signed who was in the Nashville organization, uh, has some NHL experience. Anthony Angelo, we know, got a taste of the action uh, in Pittsburgh last year and actually scored his only NHL goal against the Flyers uh, in the eight games that he played last season. And then, you know, defensively, I wasn't surprised to see them add uh, Pierre-Olivier Joseph, because I think everyone's excited to see him take the next step. Uh, he's going to be, you know, there are nine defensemen on this Penguins expanded roster this year when you throw in Chad Ruedel, Yuso Rikola, and Joseph. So it's a deep group uh, in the sense of the depth chart, and I think that it's fair to say that Joseph is probably number nine on that group. That doesn't necessarily knock him from talent or ability, just more of where he falls in the pecking order. But, hey, this is going to be a weird season. Anything could happen uh, as far as, you know, COVID and injuries and whatnot. And I think it's reasonable to expect that all nine of those guys could conceivably play for the Penguins at one point or another. 
this year. So uh, I am intrigued to see how things play out on that front. But, uh, yeah, I do think that they have addressed needs within their lineup, within that taxi squad. It's going to be a weird dynamic, but I think it'll, it'll bring another element of competition within the lineup internally, knowing they have some hungry guys waiting in the wings that very, would be very eager to slot into Mike Sullivan's lineup if they got tapped on the shoulder. Everybody likes to talk about Poulin and Legare as the next generation with the prospects, but you mentioned Joseph. In terms of players coming up through the organization in a developmental model, is Joseph maybe the next guy to break through? I think so. Um, yeah, he, he to me is a guy that, you know, I talked to Mike Bellucci this past summer about him, and who's now obviously a Penguins assistant coach, but worked with Joseph last year uh, in Wilkes-Barre Scranton. And I think when he first came to the Penguins organization, there was the, just basically the, the file on him. You didn't really have a whole lot of personal footage on him and, and actual you know, experience of seeing him in an action. You, you knew he was a first-round pick. You knew he played a handful of years in the Quebec Major Junior League and put up really good numbers there. You knew he could skate. But then you see him in person, and you know, DJ, this is a skinny kid. I mean, he has not a lot of muscle on his body. And he's very tall and lanky. So I think the first impression is, wow, he needs to add some weight. And I still think that that's something that any young player in the league, you look at and you say, okay, this is a guy that needs to get a little bit stronger, you know, and build himself out a bit more. But what I learned from talking to Mike Bellucci is that the game overall for Joseph last year, from start to finish, and as he figured out, you know, being a pro, everything that comes with preparing your body and your mind day to day to go play a hockey game and be at the best shape you could be, uh, it was a night and day type of player from game one for Wilkes-Barre Scranton to that final game that he played last year for the Baby Penguins. So I think that this is a kid that um, the Penguins obviously here in Pittsburgh are very high on in the sense that he was the big piece that came over for Phil Kessel in that trade a couple of years ago. And also I think that, you know, when you talk about defensemen and you talk about the Penguins' blue line right now in particular – they have Chris Letang locked up the next two years, Brian Dumoulin for the next handful, Mike Matheson for the next four or five, John Marino just signed a six-year extension, Marcus Pedersen's on a five-year contract. So there's not necessarily a huge rush to get him in here, which I think is also at his benefit because he can continue to develop. He's going to have some quality time this year with Todd Reardon, uh, who I would imagine is going to spend a lot of time with him, working with him video and uh, one-on-one, just being a member of that taxi squad. And we know Todd Reardon has worked magic uh, on guys like Chris Letang. And then you think about in Washington, you know, John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov, all those guys speak so highly of what Todd Reardon's been able to do for their development as a defenseman. So I think that he's going to be in some pretty good hands and under some pretty good care uh, with the Penguins the next couple of years. And uh, I don't know what the ceiling is for him, but I certainly think as a first-round pick and someone who people think can be a productive NHL defenseman, that that's not too far off in the distant future for him. I want to finish off with a fun story. Those that are listening and wheeling may not necessarily know your background, but you actually worked in an ECHL city. This is one of my favorite stories that you told me. You used to work in Elmira, New York, so you covered the Jackals on a regular basis. How much did you enjoy your time in Elmira and in the ECHL? Oh, that, that's bringing me back, DJ. That was... Uh... That was a great time. I, I loved it there, actually. So I went to school not too far from, from Elmira. Um, I went to Ithaca College, and that was probably about a 30-minute mi- uh, drive up the road, Route 13, for any of your listeners that have been in central New York. You do not drive that road at night. 
Uh, it's a little dangerous with the deer poking out left and right. Um, but anyway, I would say that that was a great experience. I had a great time, uh, you know, getting a chance to cover pro hockey for the first time in my career being out of college. The Jackals were uh, an exciting team. I, I worked uh, with, I'm sure you remember Eric Levine, yep. who was there. Uh, he was the guy calling the games at that time, and he, he was very kind to me and gave me a lot of access to do some work with the players uh, and the coaches there. And uh, I had a great time. It was a great experience to see everything up close and personal from that angle and obviously get a little bit more access than any other time of my life and as far as covering sports was concerned. And to be, you know, a smaller town and a smaller community, uh, I think that there was a real fandom for the Jackals at that time as well. So I have nothing but good things to say about that experience and how it helped grow me as a, as a person, as a broadcaster, and um, everything that came with it there in Elmira, New York. That's awesome. We're thrilled to have you in this organization. And, Josh, I can't thank you enough for giving me so much of your time today. I hope it's an awesome season, and I hope that we're both hoisting cups at the end of the year. Sounds like a plan to me, DJ. Thanks a lot for having me. Josh Getzoff, the voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins, our intermission guest tonight on our Unified Bank Profile. More coming up next on the Nailers Broadcast Network, presented by Main Street Bank.